Welcome to Poor Talk. This is the true story of three strangers freak to work, came together and have their lives minor. How's it stop being light? Start being real. I'm Eric. Pops, Brock Road Elementary, class of 06 valedictorian. We've got an acquaintance of the podcast with us. You know, it's me, friend of the podcast, Diana. Thank you for welcoming me back so warmly. As I said, we've got an acquaintance of the class with us today. It's just Diana. Um, on the bigger and more important news, as of New Year's, it does seem we will be moving on with the podcast without somebody's very own favorite, Paige Lee. Um, I'm saying somebody because I'm sure she's somebody's very own favorite. We are looking to replace her with a female, with a female with strong opinions, preferably. The DMs are open if you think you can fill that slot. We do intend to do auditions. I don't know. It could be a week-by-week thing. It could be a monthly thing. You will have your time on air to see if you're big shit. Yeah, Paige is uh, retiring, stepping away for a bit. Seems she, uh, you know, some career stuff she's planning to do. Shout out to her for that. And, uh, you know, we're moving on. We're also, you know, we could take a female. We could also take a strong, straight, white Republican male. Um, that could definitely be another, another fit that I'm sure Paige would vehemently support. So we could also do that. Again, a strong white male doesn't believe in women's rights, et cetera, et cetera, could be an option. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I want to work with a white man. <laughs> Feels very anti-black of me. I mean, that that might be very anti-black. I, I can't confirm nor deny. A white woman, I can, a white woman, I can kind of allow. A white man, there's no way. Um. Anybody else have any pre-first topic topics? No, sir. All right, there we go. Let's see. All right, all right, all right. This is probably going to be a dating-centered episode, so we're just going to go first and foremost. If you're married to someone who does truly disgusting things, is that in any way a reflection on you? I think what I was talking about, this is crazy because I had a conversation similar to this earlier with Kevin, wasn't on the dating aspect. Um, I think I was referring to like, if you were dating or married and you found out your husband was like a molester or your husband had like killed somebody or your wife or husband is like an, an all time manipulating gaslighter. At what point, like when you're like within friend groups and stuff, does that then have some sort of reflection on you? Because like, yeah, these are all things they do. Or like your husband's like misogynistic shit like that. These are things that they do. But, like, you're married to this person. So, like, how are you putting up with it? How are you co-signing that? At some point, I feel like maybe that becomes a reflection of you as well. I, I think that's twofold. I think, one, if they were, like, a murderer or molester and you knew about it, that has a heavy reflection on you. If you had no idea, no reflection. But, like, see, some but, of the... but But some of the more things that would be noticeable like if you see your gas like your partner like gaslighting people or like being openly racist and like you just let that slide that has to be held on you and you have to be held accountable for that because you could you could either step in and be like hey we're not going to do that or you might need to leave or and unless you're like in an abusive relationship if you're just like standing by while they're doing that you support that what they're saying in one way or another you know what i think you were right the other ones were too extreme. It's easier to talk about like the gaslighting or the pathological lying 
Um, you said one more. I can't remember which one it is. Racism. We'll, racism. We'll stick to those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At some point, I I think that's got to be a reflection on you, because like you letting this slide at the very least. At the very least, you're letting this slide. At the very worst, you're checking them on this every time, but still with them while they continue to do this. Either well, way, it's a bad look. Can I get some? Did we take a question that was asking about like disgusting habits and turn it into like major personality flaws, or like what was the original question? The question is if your spouse does something disgusting, gaslighting, racism, oh, so- um, misogynistic. Those are disgusting things. Oh, yeah, was- I was thinking like leave the dishes in the sink, but we're talking about personality flaws. Well, that that's the thing with some of these topics, you know. It starts out as what, and again, I think I was thinking more of that way, but then, you know, because we throw it in a chat and then we, this is a little inside baseball, and then we'll pick stuff and talk about it a week, two weeks, three weeks later, you know, then we get into like, hey, the person who threw it in there, what was your actual interpretation of it? So, I mean, you it could go both ways, you know, I think it could also be the same thing of like, if you're living with someone and they're just complete slob and you just clean up after them or just let that slide and then it just keeps spiraling, like that's also a reflection on you because that's your household that's how you're living and that kind of stuff i feel like um, in one respect you're enabling and in the other respect you're co-signing like i can't equate dirty dishes to gaslighting somebody as the person who threw it in there when i said disgusting i was talking like character wise he's a disgusting oh. individual <laughs> okay, um, got it. we're not correlating your husband's dirty dishes to he's the world's greatest manipulator <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that if they have these character flaws and you don't make an active attempt to correct them, although you probably shouldn't try and change the people you're in a relationship with, it does reflect poorly on you, the company you keep. Damn, well, what if you I just was... like that? What if this person's what if he is a little bit racist? What if he is what if he's a little racist? What if he's a little narcissistic? But at the end of the day, that don't affect you. You love him. Love is love. He's not racist towards you, so it's not your problem. Uh, I've been in that like scenario. We know I dated a Republican. I am not a Republican. He was a little racist. It definitely did not. It was not a good look for me. You're co-signing his actions at that or their actions at that point. Did you leave him because of it wasn't a good look, or in the moment love was bl- love was blinding? And you didn't care about the bad look because you was in love. Well, she was love also was one blinding. of the good ones. You have to remember, she was one of the now. good ones. I so hate this was long. <laughs> I was his little egg roll, you know, just a oh, small no. microaggression. Um, don't say that here because the Asian community is going to rip you apart. <laughs> I deserve to to be ripped apart for letting that one slide. Diana did. She kind of set it up because I was going to say, you know, if if you, people have these kind of disgusting character traits, that is that is something that you definitely can't co-sign. But at the same time, talked to us before, you know, changing someone or you like manipulating them into your way of thinking, could you also be a terrible human being for doing that? Um, yes. And people are like, well, not if you change them for the better. If you manipulate somebody into changing, even if you change them for what you deem is better, you're still a bad person. Like you're still changing somebody. That in and of itself is you're manipulating them to fit more of what you think they should be. Although I think it gets hectic when there are like, there are bad takes like racism 
That's bad. We know that's bad. So wanting to rehabilitate someone from being racist, is that manipulative or are you just doing public service? I'm going to tell you right now, somebody told you racism was bad. (laughs) Somebody told you racism is bad. I'm not going to say racism is a bad tick. Here's what. I would be a fool. I would be a liar. I would be a liar in front of my fans, my friends, and under God to say I don't have some racist tendencies. Mm. Yes, but you can recognize those are bad. I don't I do not think they're bad. (laughs) There's not a bone in me that thinks um for instance, racist rhetoric. There are still older black people that think that segregation is a bad thing. Like people think like truly when they segregated, black business was punished because now you brought in white businesses, our money went to white businesses, it ultimately hurt black people. It's kind of racist to think that we should have stayed segregated. Some people truly believe that. I'm not going to say that that's a bad take or that you're a bad person for thinking that. It's clearly a racist thought, but like there are statistics behind it that back that like, hey, yo. Once we took the black business out of black communities and brought in white businesses, segregation took away from us. So, yeah, it'd be racist to say we could have stayed segregated or should have. It's not necessarily a bad take. Um, I think people I are know. too worried about appearing to be racist. And just because you think it's a bad take doesn't mean that you changing your partner's take on it makes you a good person. Because if he's racist against, for random, the Japs, and they did a hey, let's not use slurs. They bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, first of all, Japs is not a slur, it's a it's literally a slur. That is not a slur, it's literally an abbreviation of the word Japanese. Yes, but that's not. I'm there are certain it's a slur. Asian, there are slurs for Asian communities. Calling them Jap and not Japanese is not one of them. It'd be like calling the Germans germs, it's not a slur, it- it's just. Yeah, I think it's in your best interest to avoid using it unless you sincerely mean to be anti-Japanese. Even if we're not 100% certain it's a slur, no, the I'm fact that it might be a slur, I just would hate for you to be using a slur unknowingly. I feel yeah, like it's I'm the not. Same. It's, it's From the my same impression, as, it's a slur. It's not a slur. What if he meant, um, I was going to say Jewish American princess, but that doesn't help the case. No, that that gets targeted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's similar to like on the Olympics when you see like Jap for when they're doing like that's the country they're representing. Yeah, that's not a no, slur. A, no, in that case, it's an abbreviation of the country name. But I feel like referring to Japanese people in that way, I was raised to think that that was a slur. So it would be the safest bet to not use it. It'd be the safest bet for you not to use it. I'm going to still use it. But then again, that goes to what people deem to be racist and not racist. The girl who called herself a little egg roll two minutes yeah, ago. That goes to and I can recognize deem. that that was a microaggression towards me because I am Filipino. people deem to be racist because your views, you might think something's racist. Your significant other might truly not think it's racist. So now you're in a gray area because just because you was raised that way don't mean the way you was raised was right the fuck. I don't know how the fuck we got here. Um, because I'm I was telling saying you right now, racism is not. Oh, yeah, saying that changing was... a racist is good work or like public service. And I was like, that's going to get tricky because there's a lot of things you can talk under. Well, I changed him as a public service act and he's better now. Climate change. You can do stuff to make this nigga start like recycling, recycling eating different That's foods. public service. That's not public service. That's you manipulating somebody. Climate change is real. 
Even if it's real, doesn't mean you changing him forcefully isn't manipulation. If this nigga want to eat, if he don't want to eat free range chicken because he likes this chicken better, and all the chicken you buy is purposely this because you're trying to slowly change him to be more pro whatever, you're manipulating him. It doesn't make you wrong for this public act, but it makes you wrong in the form of you're manipulating this person. I feel like if you tell him that these are the decisions that you're making or tell them that these are the decisions you're making and why you're making them and you're open about it, it's not necessarily manipulation. You are steering them in that direction yeah. kind of forcefully, but it's not but he, manipulation unless it's like a secret. And what happened? No, a manipulation don't have to be a secret. It has to be something against his will because when this nigga say, nah, I don't want that and you keep doing it, you're manipulating him. But he's a grown adult. He can buy his own groceries. Not if you're the one bringing in the groceries. You would be the one buying. If you're the one bringing the groceries and every time you do this, knowing that he doesn't like this, you're manipulating him. And then you'd be gaslighting him by telling him, oh, you can go buy the groceries, though. Oh, like, no. stop this. Not gaslighting someone, Diana. I don't, I don't know if that falls under the category of gaslighting. If I'm going to buy the groceries, these are the groceries I've bought. If you don't like them... You probably also have a car and the ability to go purchase groceries. That sounds like a macro aggression to me. Yeah, that definitely. The man, that, the man that has told you he would prefer to eat this way, and you're trying to slowly change him into the way you want—that's manipulation, bro. Okay, in that respect, if he's made it clear that he doesn't like the groceries you're buying, and you buy them now out of spite, that's what you were maybe doing. It's, a, it's okay. It gets a little dicey there. But at the same time, I'm the one buying the groceries. So This is gaslighting 101 right here. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't toxic. So It's for the environment. Yeah, see, this is nonsense. So, all right, if, if, you, if you openly trying to change someone's manipulation, if you just inform them of what they're doing wrong and try to give them information about that, is that an acceptable way to try to help, I guess, change them? In a way from like their racist ways, for example. I think making it clear that the actions they are performing are wrong to you. Because we're apparently not taking a hard line that racism is wrong. Even though racism is wrong. Um, yep. There are levels to uh, racism. I think everybody's racist in a way. Yeah. There's definitely, not- you can have, go ahead. I was going to say, we're not, we're not going to say hard line racism is wrong. Racism is wrong to you, or this form of racism will be wrong to you, because there's probably forms of racism that you would co-sign. So I'm not going to call that wrong. I think my understanding, of, you can have racially motivated thoughts, like what you were describing with um, certain black people and their thoughts on segregation. Those, that's like racially motivated. My understanding of racism is just like outwardly hating certain races, like with malintent. I don't think it has to be hate or malintent. If I was to say I want to open up a black school, desegregate from the whites, I don't want no whites here, that could be viewed as racist towards whites. And I'm not going to call that wrong. If I want to teach my curriculum, I want to teach my way, and I want it to just be black, yeah, we're keeping the whites out of here. And I don't want whites there. What would make me racist by the law of the land. But I'm not saying that's wrong. But obviously and if it is, I don't want to be right. If it was the other way with the whites, you would be like, yeah, I don't love that idea. Who? Oh, I probably would. But there's going to be some white people out there like, no, we're doing this for blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be like, damn, do y'all fucking racist ass niggas. 
That's why I said it. That, that's why I said like it's not necessarily wrong. It's gonna be wrong to like the opposing side because I'm sure white people would be like, no, it's, white people think HBCUs are racist for heaven's sake. And are we gonna say yeah. HBCUs are bad? I'm definitely not gonna be the one to say HBCUs are yeah, bad. Like, <laughs> me neither. You, you know what? They they think it's racist, but they also don't realize they could get a minority scholarship to go there. So it's just really you not taking advantage of the system. It would be indeed. Um. All right, let's circle back just to end this out. So are we all in an agreement that, you know, if, <laughs> if you're sitting here and letting your your partner have these disgusting character flaws, that it is a reflection on you in some capacity? Yes. Yes. Okay. I saw this this post and I thought it was very toxic, so I want to share it with you. Um, I'm, I, I see it as coming from the view of a woman. I'm not built for no soft ass man. I talk back and don't listen. I saw someone post that in their story, and I was like, you know, that could be one way, but I also feel like it's just super toxic. And I feel like there's a there's a weird line that girls have been taking recently, where I think they're might be a blurring of independence into toxicity and those lines are getting very crossed and i don't i think i think someone needs to have a conversation so we're going to be the people to talk about it i do think some people are starting to confuse strong and independency with toxic traits nothing about that was like first and foremost i'm not built for no what is it weak man or soft ass man soft. not built for no soft ass man I talk back and don't listen. Um, dare I say you're not built for any significant other. You <laughs> talk back literally. and don't listen. Like, that alone is like you're going into a situation toxic. You're literally telling us your red flags. The reasons not to date you is because you are not ready for a significant other. You're telling us that there is there are people out there who can't handle you because of your toxic traits. Like, There's definitely like two parts to that statement. One is the internalized misogyny of shaming quote unquote soft men. And the other part is she said she talks back and doesn't listen. She just described a child, basically. <laughs> She's looking for a father, not a significant other. Oh, That's what no. that feels like. <sighs> I'm okay with shaming soft ass men. I want to go on the record. Um, I am if not soft ass man. You deserve to be shamed because I don't know if you're a man in my eyes. But again, that's just my eyes. But as far as this individual who's not built for those soft ass men, um, don't love that first and foremost. I also feel like that's a way of de emasculating a man. I'm never going to be here for emasculating men of any capacity. She's now like damn near emasculated all soft ass men because they can't handle her toxic traits. Like what? It, she did describe her own red flags. And at that point, she talks back and doesn't listen. You're not really meant for a social setting in general. Not even a relationship. Like, like, come on. She's not built for a relationship. She's not built for a work environment. I don't Literally. even know if this bitch is safe to go out and order food. Like, Let's not call her a, a bitch. That's not nice. Oh, um, no. Toxic women deserve to be called bitches. You heard it here first. <laughs> a woman who is tagging herself as I talk back and don't listen, gotta call her a bitch. You heard it here first. We can call her toxic. I don't know if it's appropriate to call her a bitch. You realize I call men bitches too. This is not like gender neutral. 
I've got no, beef with the, the be stance beef. you take on men. Oh, I forgot. You be supporting them bitches for real. Hey, I'm sorry that I appreciate emotionally intelligent men and you think that that makes um, them pussy. Being pussy does not make you emotionally intelligent. But we'll circle back to that later because I got to take that with my knee from you. Um, As far as this toxic woman, to get back to the gist of this, I do think it's kind of strange the way that like it's coming more and more normalized for them to like put them being toxic in the same light as them being strong and independent. And I think it's not just women, it's men too. But for men, it was kind of like always like a funny joke, like Hoodville, like they're misogynistic. Ha <laughs> ha. It's, it's true. They are. And like, they're still pulling bitches, which is whatever. But like to be toxic and proud I feel like someone's got to set them down and be like, this is not like the solution. This does not make you strong or independent. If I'm being honest, a woman with toxic traits farther than that and like that, I'm almost questioning how strong and independent you are. Like those are like childish traits. I agree. I think to wear them as a badge of honor, like she did, men do it as well. People will take their weakest points and try and spin them into something that is like oh this makes me strong this makes me built better than you and if you can't handle it you're just simply weaker i think it's their way of coping with their own toxicity without really addressing their own toxicity and changing in a positive manner i feel like you can't i feel like you're gaslighting people for being built different and i don't know if i can stand for that No, when you take it and you say, oh, yeah, I talk back, I don't listen. You're just not strong enough to handle me. Like, no, you're just not emotionally in tune enough to go to therapy and sort that out. I feel like when people say, like, you can't handle it, it, like, gets into a very dangerous line because, like, let's say you want to, if you don't want a soft man, you want a strong man. Do I want to say this? I feel like then it can lead to a very dangerous situation of you ending up in an abusive relationship because you wanted someone who would put you in check which we don't want to see it sounds like it's gonna be a two-way street like she's going to abuse them and she wants someone who's going to no he's not gonna abuse him he gonna abuse her and i don't think it's going to be necessarily physical abuse which is what makes this even more like weird and toxic it's like she's looking like whoever's like reposting that and claiming this to be them it's like they're classifying strong what a man who is going to verbally tear them down. Because if you need someone strong enough to accept your talking back and don't listen, that means that you need someone who's going to put you in your place. And if you're looking for someone to at least verbally put you in your place, you're probably looking for a very toxic and demeaning man, which is not healthy for anybody. I also think it's it's capped that a lot of people like, you were saying it would be kind of back and forth. I think it's even a cap that a lot of people would bring the same energy. I think, you know what? Credit to Paige. I think if Paige said this, I would believe it because I definitely feel like Paige would 100% be like, yeah, I'm not going to take it and then dish it back. Because didn't, didn't she like bring up with her ex and then drive to his house to continue the argument? I can't, <laughs> um, I, I can't speak on it with her not here to defend herself. But you know, I think that's all cap. I think if she was with the right nigga, yeah, that shit wouldn't slide. Man, she might have been with a soft ass man. I'm gonna say it. Here. I heard, we heard her talk about it, like, cause I know niggas who was not going for none of that. I don't know if 
well, I don't know the story, but just from being told that she drove to his house to continue the argument, I don't know if you can characterize the man off of that. That's not what made this individual a soft as man. There were other traits. <laughs> and that's how I'm saying, like, I think it's Cap. Because the people who are usually like, oh, I need a strong-ass man, blah, blah, blah. It's usually girls who are, first off, toxic. Second off, used to walking over nicer or more laid-back, lenient guys. They get a strong man. They're going to be the same ones crying, for real. Because they generally ain't the ones who didn't have somebody who like, hey, yo, shut the fuck up, bitch. Because then they upset. But that's almost what you damn near made this guy do. Because the, the dude who was nice to you was a soft-ass man. And then they're like, the, so the nice guys go, and then they're like, they're dealing with some guy who's toxic, abusive, and, you know, verbally or whatever. And then they're like, why are there no good men out there? And it's like, I don't, what do you, what do you want in life, man? Yeah. I think in her specific scenario, she listed her red flags. She knows what she should be working on. And I think that she should work on those before she enters into a relationship. I looked up the um, original post on it. It's some person who, for some reason, is verified when they posted that. <laughs> it's got like, what, 600 likes and like a bunch of, oh, let's look at facts. I'm going to look at their comments. I love it. Same. Yup. Me too. Um, okay. Whatever. But okay. A bunch of crying emojis. Must run in the family. Thought of you, babe, tagging someone. Facts. I'm with you, sister. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a bunch of shorties who probably not in a happy relationship. I'm going to say that. I'm going to go out on them. They probably not in a happy relationship, one. And two, they probably had a lot of soft-ass men, as we're quoting it from the quote, who were probably nice guys and let a lot of shit slide that they walked over. And then they probably overcorrect that and end up with, like, dickhead assholes who are, like, the worst people in the world. And it's like, you almost did this to yourself. I don't understand this mindset. Like it just, I don't know where it came from. And again, I think it does come back to it's like the strong and independent, like you can, there's nothing wrong with being a strong and independent woman. But then I feel like at some point someone started muddying the waters of between strong and independent and like toxic mindsets and what, you know, what people think they should be doing. And I feel like that's really taken over a strong uh, population. I think when it became like popular and toxic is when people start needing to tell you they were strong and independent. Cause I know a bunch of strong and independent women who is never going to have to tell you or describe to you how strong and independent they are. The ones who have to do that, it's generally coming from a place of toxicity. Diana, do you agree? I wouldn't say it's coming from a place of toxicity, but the people who tend to, to say things or try to convince you that they are certain things, that's clearly what they want to be or something that they're dealing with. So saying that they're strong and independent is they want to be that. They're trying to basically manifest it through what they say. Like if they convince people that they are, maybe they actually are. But the other way around telling people your red flags, it's like there's a thin line that you walk between loving and accepting yourself, which is what a lot of women are trying to do, especially in like the public light because women have been shamed historically for simply existing um and then like loving and accepting parts of you that you probably should work on like your red flags you should probably get help with those if that made any sense no it did it's um it's a very thin line i think some women walk between i'm going to be me unapologetically and 
I'm going to be the most toxic version of myself possible. But at there's the also... Root of it, or... mm-hmm. You can go. You can go. Uh, at the root of it, like, you're a person. You have to acknowledge that you have good aspects to yourself and bad aspects to yourself. And while it's no one's place to shame you for who you are, it's your responsibility to recognize what parts of yourself are more detrimental. That's what I was going to get. I was going to be like, there's also a fine line between like being like every sure everybody could be themselves, but there's a reason everybody isn't themselves a hundred percent of the time because mm-hmm. you, again, you have bad parts of you that you just don't need to bring like to the workplace when you're meeting, you know, certain people of higher status mm-hmm. or you're trying to like impress somebody like, you know, you're not just going to be the guy who's like doing bong rips and like X, Y, Z, you know, <laughs> like you just have to clean it up and you need to, you know, know when the time and place kind of stuff. It's about how, I guess, empathetic you are towards other people and how much you recognize that we live in a society and we have to coexist with one another. Because being yourself in every situation, it might be fine for you, but it, it may make other people uncomfortable and may make their lives more difficult. So I definitely think it speaks to how much you care for others, how much you're willing to, to work on yourself. But that being said, you can diminish yourself too much in those situations where you just roll over in social situations because you're being too considerate to other people. I feel yeah. like we went into a whole nother category. I feel like both topics we've gone. I don't know if I equated strong and independent slash toxicity to diminishing one's selfness in social settings. I mean, she was clearly trying to own herself in that statement. Like yeah, she took like, her red like, flags and she's like, these are my red flags. They're mine. If you can't deal with them, then you're just not strong enough. Yeah, she was. But like, I don't know if that's like me telling her to diminish that or water down herself. Cause those are things that need to be fixed first and foremost. And I think since she's talking on relationships and only relationships, I can only judge her in the relationship setting. And for that, she's toxic and I'm saying she's watered down the term strong and independent to then take that and like talk about like social settings of work. I feel like might be farther because she's talking directly about her relationship statuses. But if we're, if we're going to spin on this, if you're putting this out onto like social media, like on your, you know, your grid into your story, I mean, you're screaming it from the rooftop. So I think although it is specific to relationships is in that post, I think it's hitting a much larger audience on the fact that you're also being like, hey, this is who I am as a person. This is like what I'm thinking about. I feel like we all know somebody toxic within a relationship and they go to work and they work regularly because work ain't your relationship. You could be the most toxic motherfucker when it comes to your relationship and you could be buttoned up business when it comes to work because that's work, whether it's guys or girls. I know some downright fucking dogs, but they go to work and... (laughs) They the nicest guy there because that's their job. So I think that those are like two different realms to me. That's fair. I get that point. That's fair. Let's switch it up. Let's go into some uh, some positive vibes. Real quick topic. <laughs> What's the best compliment you've ever received? This requires me to remember anything. These are always the best topics because they're, I we never talk about these things. So it's always just what is on the top of your mind of what makes you even remember right anything. I get a few of them. Um, it's between smile or I was once told that I looked like I smelled good. 
And then she was like, and you do. And she was like, I sat over here because I thought you were going to smell good, and you did. Certain people just, you know the vibes. You know what I'm saying. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, you right. I think, I mean, when I wore the pink suit to the wedding, I got a lot of compliments. I felt like a, a million bucks. <laughs> Some people have also said that I... I photograph well at night. Um, did I, did, did I maybe say that? Did I maybe start that? I'm not sure, but people have followed up and said it's accurate. So I will also take that as a great compliment. My coworker at the job that I currently work at one day, I was wearing a red shirt. She told me I looked good in red. I don't know why, but it has stuck with me. Check, check to Diana's wardrobe. It's nothing but red now. <laughs> no i do have every time so the red shirt i wore was short sleeves so i haven't been wearing it recently but i do have a pair of like red like fabric striped pants they sound hideous but i promise they're not um that every time i wear them i do think of the one time she told me i looked good in red do you guys like do you get compliments often i feel like that's not really a thing that happens on a regular basis so when you do get one you're like oh yes all right i get complimented often but i also work with children what? Um, the, we're not counting. So nice we're not, yeah, not going to count a child's compliment. Um, oh, that we got okay, that then, weird, strange shit out the I, way. I, I still do receive compliments often. Um, I'd say yeah, I get compliments pretty regularly. Um, I would. Mm, we don't have to dive into the merit of your compliments. I'll let you have that. <laughs> no, this now just sounds like Eric just doesn't get compliments. It it may be there is definitely like a dichotomy and how often women get complimented based on their like appearance versus like how often men get complimented i'll tell you right now, I, I get complimented most i get complimented more than a five a six woman a woman who's a six <laughs> on the scale i'm beating her in compliments My what kind of compliments to, are you getting i'm gonna tell you right now i've got a beautiful smile if you haven't noticed i've got a beautiful <laughs> smile should you be wearing a and, mask and i've got this cologne that i don't it's fucking ohio there are no rules out here There's and i've got this cologne that smells amazing so i also get a smell nice very often but what i will mm. also say for eric you work from home so your interaction with mm. people probably isn't a lot yeah that is fair i you know what that is true because when i would be in person I'll get a, a lot of compliments on how I smell, and I told everybody at the same time, it's just my deodorant. It smells incredible. I don't know what to tell you. Bro, when I used to wear that Harry's, I used compliments for smelling good, and I was at the bar one time, and I, she was like, what cologne is I was just my body wash. And then, like, everybody in that section was like, oh, it's his body wash. I'm like, nigga, no, like, it's truly the body wash. Like, don't do this. I think I've I'm been getting a lot of- down. Yeah, they're like, oh, body wash guy over here. Got it. Haters. I've been getting a, a lot of compliments on like my stuff that I've been doing at work. And I was like, I keep telling Anne, I'm like, I sound like an asshole the way I'm talking about it. But I have the same conversation with my boss almost every day of like, this is the best on our teams, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, do we have to have these meetings to have the same conversation on us like a daily basis? Like you're just taking Dang. time out of my day. Eric is just getting complimented too much by his boss. Oh, yeah, I'm very tired of it. I don't I don't need this. Yeah, really the software just... is like, stop patronizing me and come with a fucking check, nigga. That's what, listen, I'm very close <laughs> to being like, we keep talking about how good I am. When does the raise come with how good I am right now? That's I was, yo, I was telling a crazy story the other day. I was telling uh, Mariah, when I was working in high school, I used to work at a resort, a little restaurant in the job. And um, my mom was like, yeah, you can ask for a raise when you think you deserve a raise. 
we were getting great paid crazy for high school. We didn't pay 14 an hour at the time. Mm. We were like junior seniors in high school. So that shit was crazy. And one day I asked, I was like, hey, yo, Dave, who was my boss. I was like, so I've been here for like a year. What do I got to do to get a raise? And he was like, how much you want? I was like, 16-ish. And he was like, yeah, just text me and remind me. And just <laughs> like, yep. I was like, hey, yo, like, I almost forgot about this skill. I'm about to just start asking for raises again. <laughs> I feel like it's a little harder in like the uh, the corporate sense of trying to get a raise. You got to go through so many goddamn people to do so. There are a lot of loopholes. I've also been told it's like tacky to ask for a raise before eight months unless you're killing it. Yeah, I'm like a month in, but I'm like, I could get paid more. They could do that. I'd accept some more money. (laughs) No, it's crazy. And just a a small thing about like jobs and like high school and stuff or like how much I'm getting paid now. And I'm just like, man, I could be making so like if I've been making what I was making now back then. I, you couldn't tell me anything. I'd be I'd be rich. I'm telling you right now. When I was in high school making 16 an hour and my friends were making like 825, yeah, y'all couldn't tell me shit. We we had whatever we wanted at like 16, 17. <sighs> the good old days. Didn't have like any expenses. That check was coming through at like 600 a week. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted. Bro, that's crazy to think about. You're like, damn, this six. I mean, I'm I'm basically the man around here. Right. My 600 dollar <laughs> check. Bro, I was at Chick-fil-A or Sonic every morning for breakfast. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I to school because I was at Chick-fil-A or Sonic. I did not care. All right, let's Dang. see. Back to, back to the dating stuff. Would you go to couples therapy? Oh, I've I done it. You get into couples oh, therapy? Gosh. <laughs> I did go to couples oh, therapy. I forgot we had her on today. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would you go to couples therapy? <laughs> So, my boyfriend at the time had a therapist, and clearly, when you're in a relationship, it'll come up in therapy. So, Mm -hmm. I think she suggested to him, or he expressed that he wanted to do couples therapy, and she said it would be a good idea. So, he brought it up to me and was like, Do you want to do couples therapy? If I'm being honest, I did not want to do couples therapy. But if it helped him on his journey to better mental health, I would go to couples therapy with him. So I went, we went a couple times and this is when I knew I was truly toxic because I would sit there and I would feed the therapist the answers I thought she wanted. Um, It was, it may have been productive for him. I hope it was productive for him to have that extra therapy session. But at the time, I was peaking with my toxic behavior. So it was not very productive for me other than proving that I was not a good person. Um. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess before you go. So you you at some point had a conversation with Diana about this and then you're like, we need to talk about this on the podcast. No, I've known this for <laughs> years. I was watching a show the other day, a podcast actually, and they were talking about if they would go to couples therapy. And that's when I threw it in there. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I would not. I, I would think it's good. Couples. It's two levels. I would go to couples therapy. I was more asking like in the here and now, but I'll give both. I would go to couples therapy if I was like 10, 15 years into a marriage. We had been in like a six year, year and a half long lull. We had oh, kids. Six years? No, I didn't mean year, month. Like a six-month, year, year-and-a-half-long lull. 
we had kids, so we needed to be a stable unit to like make this work. I would do it under like those conditions of like I'm in a long term marriage. Things have been bad for a very long time. We can't seem to fix it, and there's kids involved. There is no way in hell I'm going to couples therapy first off with, before being married. If I'm not married, there's not a chance I'm going to couples therapy. You know what we're going to breaking the fuck up. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, <laughs> I'm probably still not going to couples therapy if we're married unless there's kids involved. Unless the and I'm big on not getting divorced. Unless there's kids involved, I probably wouldn't go to couples therapy if I was married. I would keep trying to work, keep trying to work. To be just dating somebody and go to couples therapy, break up. If y'all having problems, yeah. if y'all are having problems to the point where you are only dating this individual, this is not even somebody you're intended to spend the rest of your life with, you're committed to spend the rest of your life with. You're having problems so severe that you need couples therapy. Y'all not going to last through marriage. Marriage going to beat y'all the fuck up. So you might as well leave now. Um, I think if you care about someone deeply and want a future with them, it can't hurt to go to couples therapy if you're doing it the right way. I clearly did not do it the right way. I'm no longer with that person. So that kind of speaks for itself. But I think couples therapy can be helpful. You said it yourself, like, if you're in a long-term relationship with someone – and you're just having a rough patch, definitely it's super helpful. Mm-mm. If anything, marriage. well, you know, <laughs> if you believe in marriage. My thing real quick is, so I, I feel like couples therapy has a really bad connotation because I feel like obviously, like Ezra said, it's usually people who go to it who are having a really rough patch and they're trying to like salvage their relationship. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I feel like the issue that people probably run into is you're introducing people who've never been to therapy into couples therapy. Mm. When I feel like you should really start out with going to therapy by yourself, because then you at least have some knowledge of like what therapy is, the process and stuff. And then when you kind of, cause it's obvious you have problems along with what's going on in a relationship. So if you're able to work out your problems and like get kind of a grasp on it in therapy, and then you go on a couples therapy. I think that would give people a lot more success and That's really help point. stuff. That's a good take. Still doesn't debunk my breakup <laughs> theory. <Curve line. laughs> um, have you ever heard of anybody? And it's like couples therapy has a bad stigma. I don't think it has a bad stigma. I think there are a few things in life that have a deserving stigma. I think couples oh, no. therapy has the stigma it deserves only because of this. You know anybody in a good relationship going to couples therapy? No. The people who go to couples therapy, it's usually a last-ditch effort to save their relationship. That's generally what couple therapy is. People don't who are doing good aren't going to couples therapy. So I think the stigma couples therapy gives about like being bad or it's a bad experience or it's a last-ditch effort, those are all like dead-on accurate. And if your last-ditch effort is to like seek help from a stranger to try to fix your relationship. And this is like the last straw. This is the last step to fixing you. It ain't going to work. You might put a bandaid on this for like a few months, maybe a year. I guarantee those problems are going to resurface. I don't know. I feel like it's because. I've never heard any scenario where like couples therapy truly worked out. The niggas I know who, that I like seen in interviews and like seen talk about it, who've been to couples therapy, they went to couples therapy. It gave them about two or three more years of a marriage and then they got divorced anyway. 
I feel like it's because it's so stigmatized that people continue to use it as a last resort. I think Eric had a very valid point in that people should be going to therapy on their own first before you then go to couples therapy. But I also think that if we normalized couples therapy as something that's not a last ditch resort, something that you can do even if you're not like on your knees begging to stay in a relationship, basically, um, it would be a lot more successful. You'd have a lot more success stories if people used it more preventatively than like an end-all, be-all, fix-all. Here's my take on that. I think that's a very ambitious take. I'm also going to say bad take. We're talking, we're not even talking about like pre-dating because I think most people will say like pre-dating couples therapy, like pre-marriage couples therapy is kind of like crazy. So we'll just say marriage-wise. You've got a job. Both of you've got jobs usually. At least one of you's got a job. You probably have a family or kids by the time you're even considering marriage therapy couples therapy because things are generally good in the honeymoon phases so maybe you have kids you've probably been at this for a few so now you're telling me that we should tell people who have careers and busy schedules and maybe kids and stuff and commitments to go to that they should take time out to then go to therapy while things are good and there's no real intimate problems to take the time to go to couples therapy that would be weird i feel like couples therapy was only meant for those who are like hanging on by a thread. And at that point, don't go to couples therapy. Save your money. Save your time. Leave dude. Leave her. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think it's, we've talked about this. I'm not even pro-divorce. We talked about it with Mama B. We've talked about it with other guests. It's crazy. It was almost a crazy concept that like the world sold us. It was mainly because of a lot of religion has a lot of, to do what we do in America. That you were supposed to find your true love and stay with this person forever. It's because a lot of religions don't believe in divorce, especially the Christian ones. Um, outside of that, people fall out of love. So if you've been together for 10, 15 years and things are starting to go bad, I'm not going to tell you to fight for that or go to couples therapy and try to save that. If you're not happy, break up. Like, what are we doing? Because couple therapy is not going to save you. You're not Diana, wrong. Yeah. I have, a, I have a question. When you were in couples therapy, like what exactly were these sessions like? And like, did they give you anything to take home? Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that people talk about from like couples therapy is like, you know, I feel like when they're talking to their partner, like I feel blah, blah, blah. And I feel like they're almost just setting people up for failure because you're giving people like, I don't want to say like gaslighting, but like kind of like microaggression aggression ways to like communicate with their partner. And I feel like it doesn't do anybody a benefit to communicate like that. I definitely think that couples therapy, or at least the version that I went to, aired on more of a side of you two cannot communicate with each other in a way that's effective. So I'm going to teach you or provide you a space where you can or where you feel safe to communicate. Because my partner at the time was going to therapy on his own. And we'd had trouble communicating, which is why we were fighting. But he historically had had issues communicating his emotions to me. And also, once again, I will acknowledge I was toxic. So I had issues providing him a space where he felt safe, I guess, to openly communicate those things. So going to couples therapy was more we had a safe space to communicate with one another. It can if you use it in a way, be an opportunity for you to talk shit on your partner to the therapist. But if the therapist is, is seeing that and letting it happen, they may not be a good therapist. 
I wasn't talking shit about my partner to the therapist, but it there was definitely opportunities I could see for people to abuse that system and use the therapist as a sounding board for all of the bad feelings they felt towards their significant other. And at that point, you you got to break up. If it's that bad that you're trying to convince the therapist that you're the better person in that relationship and that your partner isn't shit, like, you, you got to go to therapy on your own, but you should also probably break up. You should probably break up the moment you go in there. Like, you're a bad couple. It's kind of like the people who are like, we'll have a kid to try to save our marriage. Not a no, good idea. That's that a don't terrible work. idea. We'll go to couples therapy to say, once you get to the point where you're doing things to try and save your marriage, your marriage is gone. You should have been trying to save your marriage while your marriage was like slowly getting worse. Or sl- there were things slowly slipping. Once it, this is my last effort to save my marriage, you're done for, nigga. Yeah, but people well, are so scared. Agree? Yeah, people pussy. I've been said that. <laughs> can we all agree that it is crazy? The concept of going to couples therapy while just dating somebody like that, that that still blows my mind. The only reason I would let it slide would be if you've been dating someone for like long enough where it would be like I've been dating someone for 10 years, which is a a whole different story where it's like you basically have been married this long, like chalk it up to the game. It was so I think we've been together for maybe a year at That's that crazy. point crazy. yeah yeah okay break up but he was so he was in therapy and it was important i felt for me to go one because i was in love with him so i clearly wanted us to work out but in that space he was learning how to communicate his thoughts and emotions to a partner whether it be me or people in the future and it was something that he wanted and something that I was willing to do for him. So I think ultimately it was probably beneficial for him to to go to it. So if anything, I will tell myself that I did a good thing by going with yeah. him. Yeah, but um, before I circle to my next train of thought, it may have been beneficial for him, and maybe he grew from this experience, but couples therapy is for the couple, for the couple to grow, and y'all ain't together. So ultimately that whole thing was a failure. <laughs> Like, yeah, but- the job of the couple therapist is for the couple to work. Y'all ain't work. We so, yeah, maybe, use- he got some, maybe he got some little coping methods or learn to communicate better. But at the end of the day, like, no. That'd be like, it's the same. If y'all married and y'all go to couples therapy, they'd be like, oh, well, I was there. So he learned how to communicate with his next partner better. Couples therapy failed y'all. Yeah, but you can't really use. Well, I admit it. No, no, no. Like my specific instance, I went into that room and played a game. If I had taken it more seriously, who knows what would have happened. And you can say that that is ultimately a failure of the couples therapy, because if it was truly revolutionary, it would have opened my eyes and changed me as a person and I would have been reborn and we would have come out a stronger couple. But I don't know if you can use my case as like the case study because of the level of participation I put in. It was a failure. I'm talking it up to that. Couple therapy was a failure. Um, I did leave out one caveat. There is one caveat in which I would go to couples therapy if I was just dating somebody. Trigger warning. I don't even know why I'd be saying it because I'm gonna still say whatever the fuck I was going to. Um, I think it's. More I would about, only like, do it. Mm-hmm. I will only do it if like the partner I was with had been like sexually assaulted to some degree because I have heard that that's like a slippery slope. And their therapy is generally a long process. 
And you might need couples therapy for that to get back to what y'all ever were because there might be stages or steps that she's just not comfortable with. A therapist might be able to help you work through like that process. That would be the only way I do it. This is completely unrelated. But when you give a trigger warning, I think it's important to list the trigger. And even if you're going to say what you're going to say, it just gives people with that trigger a heads up to maybe skip the next part. So like you would do TW, like sexual assault, and then people would know that they could skip the next couple of minutes if it was triggering here's, to them. Here's my hot take on that. Oh, and I'm gonna oh tell no. You, you, what did you do? It's <laughs> what hot. did I do? We can move um, on. Eric, what's the next question? Back to what I was saying. You're not going <laughs> to... Um, the hot take here would be, um, I don't care. Like as, as sad or rude as this may be, um, I'm gonna say whatever I'm gonna say, and how it affects you might or might not make you pussy. If you can just listen and keep going, cool. If you gotta scroll past, cool. But if you then get affected, I can't control how you get affected by shit. That makes that but makes you like. Uh, the point of the trigger warning is that you're you're going to say what you're going to say, and you have every right. You you can say what you want to say in the words you want to use. The trigger warning just gives people a heads up. It's just like a common courtesy. Yeah, I'm about to cut that out now that I know oh, the full effect of it. I'm so sorry. Um, to I don't everyone. need to give nobody a common courtesy. The fuck. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I, I would go into another topic, but your boys got to wrap things up because we all got stuff to do. It is we are recording on Saturday, a little a little bit different. We got a lot of stuff to do, so we're just gonna. Do you have any quick sports talk? Sports talk. I know there was talk. A bunch of games got moved because of COVID, but then I saw things that might have got postponed. So I'm not really sure what's going on with the NFL right now. Oh uh, yeah, they did move some games. This it was pussy as fuck. Um, outside of that, like uh, I don't really got anything for real. I mean. The Patriots Colts gonna be a good game tonight, so I definitely say tune in. If if the games that got moved don't get postponed, we'll have football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's gonna be a crazy week. That's gonna be so much football. I love it. All right, then let's wrap this uh wrap this podcast off as always. Let's do some music and TV recommendations. TV-wise, I'm re-watching Designated Survivor. It's actually hitting good, carries well. Um, music, that new Alicia. You finally listened to it. I did. It's a nice vibe. Some people are hating, but she talks readily about being born in the wrong era. Her R&B is more like a smooth jazz, and you can definitely feel it on this one, but I thought it was very solid. It's like a nice nap vibe, a nice like cooking vibe. If you just want, like, soothing music, this is it. Gotcha. All right, Diana, what do you got? Um, Music. I've been listening to Mumford & Sons. I would like to be told whether or not they're problematic. It feels like they might. They've got the potential to be problematic, but I've been listening to them. I haven't listened to them since high school. TV, Alex and I are on that new season of The Witcher. We're three episodes deep. Um, Music-wise... Got on back of my childish Gambino vibe, so we'll go Telegraph Ave, uh, Oakland by Lloyd. Great song, great song off of Because of the Internet. If you haven't listened, TV wise, I'm hoping to get back on my Gilmore Girl grind with Anna. Hopefully, we can start watching some more of that because I was enjoying the first five episodes that we have watched. Um, with that being said, damn, I we should have promoted the goddamn um the 2020 mm-hmm. sitcom bracket in the beginning of this episode. Just edit it in. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to edit it in. This is, again, inside baseball because I'm not going to cut this out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, as we said in the beginning of the episode, you know, hop on the Instagram, Porch Talk No A. If you haven't already, we got voting starting on Tuesday for the 2021 sitcom bracket. We had a lot of people um, supporting, really appreciate it, sharing it. I mean, we had over 95 comments, which is kind of incredible. Um, go on there, put your final four in and your ultimate winner. And with that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up. So as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Porch Talk No A. That means it's Porch Talk, but the talk doesn't have an A in it. Not Porch Talk No A spelled out, in case you guys <laughs> don't understand that. Um, leave us your review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on there, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week. Peace. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it.